The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Walter Ciades Fedchuk, and welcome to day 10. 10. 10. 10. 10. 2017 Summer Split European LCS team by team preview. Day 10. This has been this has been a journey. This has been a a, a, a look inward, uh, inside myself, inside my brain, inside the back of my eyelids, uh, because <laughs> This been, this been some content. We've been pushing out some content this week, and it only gets better because tomorrow we then go into week one content. This is great. I love this time of the year. I love this time of the year. And, of course, joining me on all of this great content is my good friend and co-host, Chase, Redshirt King Wassenaar. Now, Chase, I don't know if you've been paying attention. I, but since I'd like is, to think so. Since this is day 10... We've already done nine other teams. Yes. So if you've been paying attention, you must know uh, what today's team is. Yes. Well, today, uh, it would be the perfect 10, as Ty Dillinger would put it. That's where my shout-out came in the opening. I I think that I am uh, excited to talk about them. Probably not quite rabid. I I wouldn't say I am fanatical. uh, As much as some other people seem to be in our comments section, lots of people commenting throughout this entire preview series about how much they like today's team and i'm gonna make some people mad today let's do it i'm excited let's do it let's talk about fanatic yeah yeah i was gonna say in case you you didn't figure out chase's very not so subtle answer it is in fact a a fanatic i knew what team it was but i gotta make sure chase is is still on his toes uh and we're, we're just gonna take a quick look at the roster because while for a moment there was some drama that was circulating on Reddit that perhaps someone from this roster may have gone to, uh, to graze in greener pastures with the unicorns of love, it did prove to be troll. It did prove to be false. And Yos Malant and the uh, Unicorns of Love social media team sort of pulled the wool over all of our eyes and had a good chuckle and then created their excellent, like, rowing down the walking sidewalk at the airport. That was that was a fantastic video. Uh, but no, this roster has not changed since the last game of the season for them. It is still Soaz in the top lane, Broxa in the jungle, Caps, Baby Faker in the mid lane, Reckless, the oddball 80 carry wonder in the 80 carry role, and Jezus is the support! 
chase. Yeah. Jess has survived an entire split. That's Happy. amazing. And actually, and you know what? He wasn't awful. He was actually pretty good. Eh, okay. I say pretty good. He was, he was, you know, he was decent. He was, he was solid. So Chase. Yes. Last year they had Nico the Pico as their head coach. Uh, they don't anymore. Now they have uh, Dylan Falco, formerly of TSM and Immortals and Envious. Uh, so he's now their head coach. We saw they had kind of that rocky run at the beginning, and then just as Rockat was snapping at their heels to take away that playoff spot, they sort of switched everything around, and they just said, all right, boys, play whatever the hell you want. Let's see how that works. Um, and it worked. So, Chase, do we think this is a viable strategy going forward? Just, you know, play whatever champions you want, boys? No. Of course it's not a viable strategy moving forward. I don't know why people aren't talking about this. Look, they did... A, a very good job of working with what they had in a very limited period of time. They did not have time to build a whole new system from scratch. You know, with, when Nico the Pico left, there were a couple weeks left in the regular season. They desperately needed to do whatever they could to hold on to that playoff spot. And the answer was just to let Reckless do Reckless things and take pressure off the other guys if possible right. and open up the map by putting them on comfort champions and, and just giving themselves a chance. If they were in the game, that was going to be more than what they'd had so far with the struggles in their system. You can't do that over the long run because the longer that you use these strategies, they stop being, oh man, look at these weird picks that Fnatic are bringing out. It just becomes the new normal. And when it becomes the new normal, well, now teams can scout it. Now teams can purposely prepare heading into a season, uh, you know, heading into a series with you, how to beat that. What are, you know, they can ask their scrim teams, hey, we're playing Fnatic this week. Can you play Twitch for us? Can you play the Tristana that he does? Can you play Canon 80 carry? Can we just see what that's like? Get used to those lanes and feel that out because a lot of that is just people clearly feeling uncomfortable into some of these matchups. That will change. Teams will adapt. Teams will grow. And fanatics should not expect to pull the same card that they did last time. And let's be clear, they had some matchups throughout the playoffs that were perfect for them. It was perfect for them to play against H2K because H2K is the least flexible team that was in the playoffs. That doesn't mean that beating H2K is not impressive. It just means that that strength played directly into H2K's weakness in a way I do not expect to happen again. When they beat Unless Misfits, they play against H2K. I mean, sure, yeah. I guess that part of it's not going to change, but they don't. H2K is not in their group. And group seeding is going to matter here. Uh, Misfits, last split, they did beat 3 nothing in that third place match. That was a Misfits that had clear communication issues. I thought there were multiple times in which Misfits could have taken leans and snowballed them and turned them into victories. Didn't happen. They weren't able to close out on those opportunities. And Fnatic deserves credit for closing those games out. Right. But we've seen Misfits make some changes. So I, I think that, ultimately, Fnatic is not going to settle on just doing what they did last split again. I think if they were going to do that, then they would have just made Quay the coach and said, cool, this is working, just roll with it. I think they understand that they need a system. Is Dylan Falco the guy to do that? I'm not sure. He's had very limited success throughout his career. And some of that, certainly, uh, from what I hear behind the scenes, he wasn't necessarily given the power and, and ability to deal with some of the issues he had with certain members of his roster 
when it came to figuring out scrimmages, when it came to managing pick and bands and, and having players work on the right champion pool so that they could have some more options. Sure, that's all fair. But other people have done that job. And other people have had teams that you could point to and say, yes, they succeeded. This was the roster they succeeded with. This is how that roster was better because he was coaching there. I don't know. I haven't seen it with him. I, I hear great things. Everyone I talk to says the guy's intelligent, but the results have yet to really make themselves clear on an LCS stage. And as someone who coached a team, and I, you know, I thought I did a pretty good job coaching, and I failed to qualify. I know it's not always the coach's fault, um, but I would expect people to, you know, if, if someone had announced me as a coach or an analyst, I would expect them to be incredibly skeptical of me. And I think that. Dylan deserves that skepticism right now as well until he gets over that hump and does something that is truly impressive on a in a in a large capacity. So I, I think it, this is far from a let's just run it back and do it exactly the same way and this momentum will last forever. They just they they have other ways to do it though. They don't need they're not stuck running it back. They're just gonna have to make the adjustments necessary. It's gonna be interesting to see how they approach that. That's that's fair. That's understandable. Um, I get where you're coming from. You can't just play, you know, cheese picks or you know whatever you just feel comfortable with and and, and be a success. Um, I get that. But Fnatic is this like they have this annoying little quality to them where it doesn't matter how far down and out they seem, they just bounce back at the right moment. Mm. And and it's been a a long long-standing thing with them. We, we, you know, we joke about, oh, Fnatic, you know, it's kind of lost on the map. They're falling behind. They death push. That's how they get back. They just death push. They're just going to all stand in some random bush and hope that the enemy team comes by and then play off of that. And we even saw this team try that multiple, multiple times. Yeah. And they went back into their wheelhouse and they said, what makes us successful? And it was reckless saying, let me, let me win. Let me be the guy that has all the pressure put on him. Put all the pressure on me. Make me be the carry. You know, you don't win games with things like Ken and AD carry or, or Twitch AD carry in a meta where they're very not good. <laughs> they're countered pretty easily by the other other kind of staple AD carries without having tremendous confidence in yourself and having the confidence of every other member of your team in you as well. And it does Absolutely. seem very weird that he wanted to be like Ken and Twitch making plays that way as opposed to like Ash or Varus, you know, champions that have ultimates that let you engage, and he wasn't very proficient on them. He's a good AD carry, but they definitely are not, you know, upper tier for him. So it just yeah. did seem very odd that those were the type of AD carries that were being played that seemed to play into that same sort of play style for him, but they just weren't quite working with him and White Court weren't quite working with the rest of the team. It felt like he had to be in the middle of the action. He had yeah. to physically be on the front line and sort of drag the rest of his team with him so yeah the team let him down a lot this season and i think that that's something that has been lost in the narrative that came with the playoffs because they looked so much better then and because they had a lot of those moments and you know certainly they're capable of having those moments i don't think that there's anyone on this team who is objectively bad uh jezz is probably the guy i still point to as the uh, weakest mechanically day in and day out and he's not bad he's just kind of average um but 
the reason that those carries weren't working is because he needed the rest of the team to follow up. If you hit an Ash Arrow, well, you better have your top laner coming in to initiate and chaining that CC so that you get the follow-up damage. And by the way, your mid laner needs to be pouring in his damage on top of that as well, and you really want to have that full team fight. And you could not rely on that from the rest of Fnatic for 85% of the regular season. And, and I understand, like, yeah, the, the part that they did it, they looked really good doing it. Yes. Um, when Soaz looks great, he looks great. But there are the games in which Soaz doesn't look great, and they happen every split. And I refuse to believe that this is the split at which he suddenly looks perfect in that regard, and we're going to have it just like the playoffs, where every Soaz game has all these great plays in it, and he's just amazing all the time. That just doesn't happen. You know, Broxa, like, the difference between him on Lee Sin and him not on Lee Sin has grown more and more sizable as this has gone on. He got away with that because in the playoffs, people couldn't target ban him. There were too many other things that Reckless was scaring people with. But guess what? Eventually, like either because Leeson isn't going to be played very much in the meta, which right now I don't think it is as played as some other champions, but you know, it, it, or it will be banned from him. That's a huge problem for them. I think he's still a young player who makes positioning mistakes, especially and the transition from the early to the mid game. I think his early game has gotten better. He deserves a lot of credit for that. I think his pathing has become better. I think he has learned. I think when it comes to, okay, the laning phase is now over, what next? I still see issues from him uh, in terms of where he should be putting that next wards, how to move the gold around the map. There are just some fundamental issues there. And, and Caps, Caps looks great when he looks great, doesn't he? Man, it's so much fun to watch a great Caps game because he, he understands, you know, these bursty champions he can go through and, you know, his individual mechanics are, are usually quite solid. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of games where he fell behind last week. Yes. A lot of games. Um, you know, you look at his uh, KDA by champion and you have, you know, his Rise, LeBlanc, Syndra, three most played champions, by far his three best champions. Everything after that, it, it drops off pretty hard. Oriana and Vladimir were his next two, and they had a 2.27 and a 1.50 KDA, uh, you know, uh, respectively. Uh, and there are a lot of champions like that, where he played a, a little bit of it, and it looked very bad. And I don't know how much of that is Fnatic kept pushing him to do things out of his comfort zone. Certainly, we talked a lot about Oniko. The Pico set him up to be counterpicked. Mm -hmm. On the other hand... It would not be unusual for a young player to have a, a bit of a, a smaller champion pool than some of his opponents. And certainly, the Aurelian Soul in the playoff shows that there are things he can do to surprise us. I thought his Aurelian Soul was great. I don't think he's locked in forever to the three I mentioned. I don't think it's just three just before anyone starts freaking out at me. But it might be smaller than we think. It might mean that a significant meta change could have an impact. So, so I just, like, these are all the things that I, I feel like fans right now are not recognizing about Fnatic, that for the Fnatic playoff run to happen, everything broke right. Every single factor that could have been in their favor in those playoff series and in the last week of the season broke their way. And they deserve a lot of credit for that, but they also had a lot of luck in terms of where the meta was. They also had a lot of luck in terms of their opponents not necessarily being prepared for a lot of the things they were doing. Those Misfits pick and ban phases in the third, in the third place match were atrocious. It's, these are concerns. I think we're allowed to be concerned about them. The unanimous praise for Fnatic across the board is just concerning to me. It's like, 
Anyways, this is a team that went fifth, fifth, and then third by the skin of their teeth. Almost failed to qualify for the playoffs, let's not forget. But yeah, no, they're totally back and they're going to win Europe now. And we should get super hyped because these two series prove that they're as good as everyone wants them to be. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So, so here's the thing. Um, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I don't. Sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm I'm hop on the Fnatic fanboys wagon for a second here. Like, y'all just salty. The Fnatic made the playoffs and Rocket didn't. And then no, Rocket had one it. game. If Rocket had one more series, one more series on that six-game winning streak to end the split, they would have been in the playoffs and Fnatic would. Now they got that out of my system. Like, I, like you said, all the reasons you have, they absolutely make sense. They're very straightforward. Here's my big butt. Okay. To what you're saying. After Unicorns of Love and G2, there are huge flaws among the four, the next four, that next tier. Misfits, yes. H2K, Splice, and Fnatic. And we have already talked about all of their flaws. But to come out here and say specifically that, oh, this team is going to be so much worse and this team is going to be so much better, I think that's the... That's the issue that these fans are coming from. These other four teams, any of them could be third through sixth. Fnatic could be third, they could be sixth. Fnatic yes. could be fourth, could fifth. And they could go Absolutely. any any which way. I, I don't feel... The problem is I don't feel as confident in the Misfits. I don't feel tremendously confident in Fnatic, but Fnatic and the players on this team, particularly in Soaz and Reckless, have the pedigree, have the being in a tough spot, being in that rock and a hard place, and somehow death-bushing their way out of it, somehow ambushing their way out of it with a sneaky twitch pick, with all of these things. And this is when we have kind of gone away from the whole fanatic system, the comparing them to the San Antonio Spurs, which I think is true. I don't think they're the San Antonio Spurs. But there is this magical fairy dust on them. There is this pedigree, this history that does exist that to me when I look at younger orgs that don't have that experience that did seem to kind of evaporate as easily as they did and and have terrible pick and bans and all that kind of stuff Fnatic does constantly endure and now it isn't the first second or third place of you know season one two and three and even four it now has gone to this sort of second tier third through sixth kind of area but they're still enduring and I saw some signs from their younger players that said, you know, if Caps can take the next step, if Caps can get more consistent, if he can build a champion pool, which you bring up Irelian Soul, he showed he was willing to play Camille mid. He's showing that he is willing to try and experiment and figure out all these things. Granted, it's not always successful, but I will take the young guy that says, I am confident enough to play this weird oddball champion to try and make this work. And here, you know, he had some sort of reasoning. His coach isn't going to say, no, you can't play that, or, or yes, you can play that without having some solid reasoning from him because it is such an off-the-wall pick. Uh, yeah. Unless you're Faker and, and you know, Kakoma probably defers somewhat to what he wants to play. Um, but all that said and done, Chase, where do you see Fnatic? At the end of the year, what size trophy are they holding? So, so here's when I make my pivot because <laughs> everything I just said, while I stand by it, and I do have these concerns, you have to account for intangibles. And, and the three that come to, get to mind, first and foremost, number one, there's a good amount of veteran leadership and presence there. 
these guys know the game, especially so as for everything I can criticize him for, as far as his out of game stuff, uh, you know, the way he treats the coaches and, and, you know, the inconsistency. Guy's intelligent. Guy has a great game sense. He, he's very naturally adept at finding little opportunities. I think a lot of these the, these players can be described that way. Mm-hmm. I think there's a synergy there and a stability within the organization that I think is key. You know, Fnatic, you say Fnatic endures. Well, Fnatic endures because Fnatic understands what it takes to endure. As an esports organization, they have experience with teams that are struggling. They know how to deal with it. It's not always going to be the perfect solution, but they do understand mm-hmm. these fundamental things. Exactly. And we don't have worries about them like, oh, are they going to, you know, are they going to figure out what to do next? No. Yeah, of course they're going to figure out what to do next. They're fanatic. They're, you know, bi- smart business people understand what steps need to be taken to turn things around. Yes. And number three, like, Reckless may have been the best player in Europe last split. Like, I, you know, as much as I really like Stop. Patrick. Stop. Reckless well, was so that good. Is, he was he was fantastic. He was fantastic. 6.9KDA. On a team that had as many flaws as Fnatic did for the majority of the season, 6.9KDA, 69.2% kill participation, a 3.8 uh, CS differential at 10 minutes, despite almost never getting any attention from his jungler and most enemy junglers throwing a lot of attention his way because he was so clearly the best guy on this team. 288.9 earned gold per minute. What the hell could this guy not do? And again, for most of the season, he was doing this despite the rest of his teammates, not because of him. The guy was absurd. It was an absurdly good season. And I, I think that he has the potential in a, a meta that right now is focused on hard carry 80 carries. Oh, man, he's got to be salivating. I mean, this is perfectly set up for him. So where do I have him? I have him in the playoffs. I, I have them at, at fifth right now um, in my list. And you'll see the, the final list. Now that the groups have been decided, I got to go through these things and make some tough calls. But I I think this Fnatic team is very good. I'm not sure they're great. I think there are key concerns in what we should expect them to have to repeat in order to get to that point of being great that hold me back from calling them great. I think there are other teams I'm more willing to believe will become great. Uh, and you can agree or disagree with that. But I think at the very least, all of the teams you mentioned in that second tier, there's a discussion here. We shouldn't write it purely in in pen because it's fanatic and people want it to be the case. But they're still really good. They still have all of the pieces you would want a playoff team to have. They're going to be relevant. And they're going to be, assuming that they end up where I think they will, they're going to be someone that teams are terrified of in the gauntlet for that third world spot. And that's a fine place to be for an organization that almost failed to make the playoffs because of how bad things were getting with Nico the Pico and company. Second time Salty Rocket fan has come out on this podcast, but that is totally totally okay. That is totally okay because there are two things I'm willing to write in stone. First is, we made it through nearly a 22-minute podcast about Fnatic without Chase even bringing Kickus up, which I think is incredible. And that was the 10th team in Europe. That has been our 10th 
team by team preview we're done with europe we're absolutely done we now get to focus on the games at hand because the games start this weekend and i am so excited i'm so excited that we've been able to talk about all these teams and now we get to see them put their money where their mouths are and see which team will lose to g2 in the finals and which teams will be playing in the gauntlet and which teams might be headed towards relegation but that is not all we are heading towards we are also headed towards a fantasy lcs season and your good friends here at the rough dress podcast have decided we want to play some fantasy lcs with our friends so go ahead and hop into our discord channel you can find the link down in the description of this video or if you're listening on soundcloud in the description there as well and you can join your favorite your favorite co-hosts and all of your friends uh, in some fantasy lcs action hop in the discord hop in the fantasy lcs chat and type i am interested and today uh tuesday sometime in the evening look at our twitter we'll have uh what time we're actually going to do that and as always you can follow us on twitter at rough drafts pod and our individual twitters I'm at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, where can good folks at home find you? Uh, for the record, Kickus was robbed. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen that he's not getting his chance. And don't at Red Shark King me if you disagree. I miss you, Kickus. I want you back on the LCS stage. You're a really good player. That's all. <laughs> also, just for the record, um, Fnatic earned their playoff spot. I can't believe I have to reiterate this, but this slander coming from my co-host... I want to reiterate, Fnatic earned their playoff spot. It's okay. It's okay, Rocket fanboy. By, by a thread. It's by, totally... By the thinnest, by the thinnest thread, <laughs> but they earned that spot. On the <laughs> it's totally okay. Like I said, this is the 10th and final episode over in Europe. We also have the 10 North American teams over in the playlist, so go ahead and listen to those and come back tomorrow because, like I said, it is our very first summer guess the line episode for europe week one and your guess the lines champion is looking for a three-peat so until then goodbye internet hey there c80s here thanks for checking out the podcast and if you enjoyed today's episode consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash rough drafts pod for just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com backslash esports rough drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening and goodbye, Internet.